It's time for Inside Sports Medicine on Sports Radio 96.7 and 13.10, The Ticket, with your host, Dr. Tio Soriao, orthopedic surgeon and medical director of Texas Sports Medicine and Orthopedic Group. Get your sports medicine questions ready and call 888-787-1310. Good Saturday morning, everyone. Good Saturday morning and welcome to Inside Sports Medicine. I am your host, Dr. T.O. Soriel, live in the studio. This is your sports medicine current events show where the topics are ripped right off of the sports desk. Over the next two hours. No, over the next one hour. <laughs> you, you was that on purpose? No, it was are not you, on Or purpose. you knew the mistake was happening actively as you were saying it. As the word came out of my mouth, I thought, oops, I uh. got to fix that. So we used to be two hours for darn near 20 years. Right. So 20 years, however many episodes. I'm trying to remember how many times I've said it. So anyway, over the next hour, you're going to be informed, entertained, and hopefully learn something new. If you are new to the show, thank you, thank you, thank you for listening in. If you're a regular, even more thank yous. We are um, we're grateful for our regular listeners and our new listeners as well. On the other side of the Mike stand is Dr. Brad Ballard. Good morning, Brad. Morning, Doc. So we have been we've been doing this for this is our twenty second season, eight hundred and fifty live episodes, a whole bunch of best of episodes, and um, we're still working on trying to fine tune it. Neither one of us are radio people. We're just two docs who do sports medicine, and the concept presented itself 20 years ago. Hey, you want to talk about sports medicine on a new station called ESPN? I said, sure. Next thing you know, we're going on 22 years. So if you're new to the show, at the bottom of the hour, somewhere around 730-ish, we'll take phone calls if you want to, and I'll give out the number as we get closer. If you're a regular, then you kind of know the routine. So I want to start off with something completely non-medical. Okay. We didn't have any power at my house from 2 in the afternoon Friday to 2 a.m. Saturday. 12 hours. That sounds painful. It was horrible. We, the, the dog was overheating. The dog was overheating. <laughs> <laughs> everything was overheating the um, people were overheating so we <laughs> we packed into our honda out front and <laughs> turned on the power plugged in the phone and watched tv shows and he was restless uh I don't know what we would do without electricity. Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy to think you and I were talking about this in the pre-production meeting, right? And it's mind-boggling to even consider and think what it was like before, you know, the invention of electricity, of the light bulb. We were talking about that. Like so much of 
technology that we don't even consider to be like current technology is so convenient that we look past what what it could ever be like without it. Well, it nothing happens without electricity. <laughs> nothing. Air, including air, <laughs> including I mean, cool was, air. It was, I mean, and, and by the way, didn't Ben Franklin go out with a kite and tried to capture a lightning bolt? I don't know. I don't, I know, don't the, know the full story. Yeah, I, don't I don't either, don't but I know the light bulb was not that long ago. Right. Maybe 100 years ago. I don't know. If somebody listening knows, you, you can let us know. In the grand scheme of time. It was a, it's a blip. Just yeah, it's a now blip, happened. for sure. It literally just now happened in the grand scheme of things. Yeah. You know, I, the planet's six billion years old, and we just discovered a light bulb. <laughs> Within the last hundred years. <laughs> yeah. Took us a while, but we got there. But nothing happens. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. yeah. My greatest fear was my phone was going to die, but I got out to the car and I was able to plug it in. But it, nothing. It was, it was, it was, every time I thought about, well, maybe we should do this. No, it's electric. Can't. Mm. Which, maybe a little bit of a medical spin on it. You know, we have a generator at our surgery center, mm-hmm. which is, I think all hospitals are required to have a generator right. in case something happens. Right. Without electricity, you, there was no doctor. Mm. There was no medicine. There was no cutting. There was no x-ray. There was no MRI. I mean, nothing. I mean, listen, we we you talk about the grand scheme of things. We just recently, if you will, found out that washing hands... It's sterile, yeah. Can like save lives. Yeah, you know what I mean. I mean, that was how long ago was that? I mean, that had to be within the last, you know, hundred years. Yeah, I I remember having a lecture on sterile technique yeah. and antibiotics. Yeah, how that changed everything. <laughs> Look, I'm I'm the oldest one in the room, and I was having a discussion with one of my partners, Rick Levy, who's a few years younger than I am. We lived through the golden age of medicine. Not that not that our current age may not be considered by other generations to be the golden age of medicine, but but the golden age of medicine was probably the 50s, 60s and 70s where it just exploded. Heart transplants, um uh x-ray, well x-ray was 100 years ago. But, uh MRI, um robotic Surgery. I mean, all this is is within our lifetime, right? Anesthesia. Yeah, and, <laughs> and so this this truly is the golden age of medicine, and because of that, we're living longer. You know, they're they're talking about age expectancy being like a hundred years old oh, in crazy. the very like maybe the next generation. Right, they'll all live to be a hundred. Amazing, 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 and I'm going to say we owe it all to electricity. <laughs> well, you definitely have a recent experience that makes you uh, very yeah. sensitive to the to the uh, to, to not having it. Yeah, that's, that's crazy. Anyway, so that was that was last night. We have electricity now, though. Thank goodness. Um, we have a lot to get to today. We are. Um, we're going to talk about some interesting cases that kind of came across our desk over the last week. 
been a busy summer at the office, haven't it? It has been busy. Yeah. Last week last couple of weeks have been jam packed. And on the sports medicine side, the Warriors won a championship. Yep. And I'm not going to debate their position in NBA history because I'm not qualified. Mm. But I was in on one of those championships in 2011, and and there's nothing like it. And what I can share is that it is extremely, extremely difficult to win a championship in the NBA. Mm -hmm. It's a very long road. And typically, unlike other sports, the best team wins. Yeah. Typically. Yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah. There's no question. I mean, you've got several games. Yeah. I mean, best now, of seven. health plays a part of it, right? Yeah, absolutely. But considering the guys that are out on the court that are able to play, you can you can say the the best team won. Yeah. And and – and you look back year after year after year, every once in a while you'll have a finals that the two teams are really evenly matched. Yeah. Which either one of them, if they won, would be the best team. Sure. But but there are other sports that don't necessarily have a series where if you catch lightning in the second half of the NFL game, <laughs> you win. Yeah. Yeah. You win. Yeah. You throw an interception on the one yard line, you lose. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. in 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 the NBA, it's a really long road and I think the best team won and I, I really I'm okay with it. Well, to take it back to sports medicine, I, I, I will say this. It, it to to see Clay Thompson, who has yes. undergone two significant injuries. An ACL reconstruction and, you know, Achilles surgery, and be not out only two years. well, be right, right, be out two years. The psychological, you know, impact of that on any player, and be able to get back in, contribute, and get another ring. I, I was happy to see him get one. <clears throat> Plus, he seems like a good guy. I mean, I don't know him, but um, from a sports medicine perspective, that's huge. It is. That's it really is. big. I, I don't know if anyone has come back from both of those and continues to play in their career. I can't recall. So we're going to talk a little bit about ACL. We're going to talk a little bit about this recovery program that we've been doing since January. Oh, my goodness. Um, terribly excited about it. This is Inside Sports Medicine. Quick break. T.O. Suriel, Brad Ballard coming right back. I apologize in advance to our Facebook people because they can't hear this. Um, so the music today for our radio audience is Billy Joel. Piano Man, one of the greatest songs of all time. That's definitely a top ten. Yeah. I mean, I think that's a top ten. Of all time? Uh, I, I think so. Well, it's for not you, just yeah. my top ten. but I, I, think, I think it's in a lot of people's top ten. Yeah. Welcome back to Inside Sports Medicine, T.O. Suriel, Brad Ballard, Jay and Jonathan on the other side of the glass. Jay is moving up to the big time. He's leaving us. Yeah, man, Jay. Not happy. I know. He can't hear this. 
Not happy. <laughs> he can't hear this. Well, he's. I hear it all. I, he, he, that is true. He does hear it all. So are you going to be doing daytime stuff? Uh, I'll be doing the top 10 from 7 to 10 every night. Wait, there is a show called the Top 10? Yes. So, uh, Do you know what we've just been talking about? We've just been talking about, about the, the Top, top 10. 10 basketball players of all time. Music, uh, Billy Joel, uh, Kobe. Well, the question was, the question I posed at the break was, does, does Steph Curry, as a result of this championship, move into the top 10? And your answer was not quite not yet. yet. And and I can I can I can well, see that it's just a crowded field. Yeah, yeah. Our top ten is uh, we just replay the uh, top segments from the day. So the top ten segments mm. of what so from of just, uh, so from the Musers, uh, Hardline, Normandy. Have I ever you made the that? top ten with the brilliant? Right. Yeah. Have Have I? Have, has Inside Sports Medicine ever been on the top ten show? I don't think so because it's a. Uh, Week, it's a weekday show. Weekend. Yeah. It's, uh, well, you guys are weekend. The yeah. top 10 is weekday, and it only covers the uh, weekday shows. Uh-huh. Well, what if now that you're there, what if? Sneak in. You, you use your influence. Inside sports medicine <laughs> there. Your influence. You know, we've had a lot of really good segments. I could have swore that that brilliant. Brilliant, but that wasn't. I thought that was a top 10 thing. It wasn't? Yeah. It, no, it was. Uh, it had a different. It, it fell into a different category. Got it. Yeah. Okay. Uh, all right, so let's talk medicine. So, earlier I started the show by saying that we, as physicians, and you, as patients, are living through the golden age of medicine right now. The technology is phenomenal. Um. Through modern medicine, you're living longer, and um, it's all good. It's all good. Now, insurance and reimbursement, it's all bad. Well, but that's healthcare, that. but medicine, medicine, yeah, right. yeah, the the practice of medicine. Yeah. This, yeah, truly the the golden age. Um, we're doing things now that we couldn't dream of 25 years ago. Yeah, yeah. You know, now they can do cardiac stents to open up oh your coronary gosh. arteries through a little thing in the yeah, go fish out clots in the in, brain in the brain in the brain i, I, <laughs> the brain. It, I mean it, it really is my crazy but but again i don't, I don't want to degrade and fall into the business of medicine that stuff's expensive yeah 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 just to just to do the r&d on that stuff it's expensive right uh and and the reason that we're in such a mess is that this is the modern age of medicine, but nobody wants to pay for it. Right, right, right. All right. So having said that, we're going to talk about ACLs really briefly. Anterior cruciate ligament, that is the heart and soul of sports medicine. It is the injury that ended Joe Namath's career. It's the injury that ended um, Gail Sayre's career. Back in the day, if you tore the ACL, which is the main stabilizing ligament in your knee, you, you're you done. Career's over. Yeah. Um, can't cut because if you try to cut, your knee's unstable, it buckles. And rapidly, you develop arthritis, 
and you are a 45-year-old athlete with an arthritic knee because you tore your ACL when you were in college. So in the 70s, we devised a procedure where we substitute for the ACL. Bill Clancy first described it at Wisconsin. I met him, chain smoker. Mm. Kind of hard to believe. Well, I remember you were saying, I mean, he smoked like around the OR and all kind of stuff. Uh, But brilliant mind. Yeah. All right. So we can't fix, we can't sew up the ACL. What do we do now? Let's substitute for it. So the best substitute happened to be a piece of your own patellar tendon, which is that tendon on the front of the knee. You hit it with a hammer and get a reflex. That's the that that's the donor site. Obviously, you can't take the whole darn thing, otherwise you can't walk. But you can take a third of it. Mm-hmm. That's the number, and a third of it ends up being stronger than your original ACL. Studies been done many times, reproduced, 140, 50 percent stronger than your original ACL. Now, in the beginning of ACL surgeries. We didn't have the scope. We didn't have the camera. So we used to do it with a big old giant incision. And it was a four-hour ordeal. I remember the very first open ACL I did at Parkland was truly a a four-and-a-half-hour ordeal. Mm -hmm. Uh, Without the arthroscopic camera and the light that goes along with it, uh, you couldn't really see very well. So it was, you know, you're just kind of trying to guess where to put it. Well, in the early days, like I just said, we toyed around with various different alternatives to substitute for the ACL. Um, during my fellowship in the late 80s, we took a piece of the quadriceps tendon. Um, and it worked fine. It wasn't as good as the patellar tendon, but it mm-hmm. worked fine. Mm-hmm. And it quickly fell out of favor because the patellar tendon was better and um, stronger and easier to fix and easier to harvest, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I don't want to bore you on a Saturday morning. Um, in the 80s, we toyed around with a synthetic ACL. We did carbon fiber ACL. Didn't work. After a while, it frayed, came apart. There were carbon particles all over the knee. It it Mm, was a disaster. Sounds like a mess. Disaster, disaster, disaster. But probably for the last 30, 35 years, we seem to have settled on the patellar tendon. The hamstring kind of got a little bit of traction, and some people still do the hamstring now. I don't like it because it's – you're – you're harvesting one of your hamstring tendons, which has a function. I mean, it ought to stay there. And it's not like the patellar tendon where you're taking a third and there's still two-thirds left. You're taking a whole damn hamstring. Mm-hmm. And so it weakens it. People get cramps. but It has a high recurrence rate. The reason I'm telling you all this is because there seems to be a resurgence and some people are taking the quadriceps again. <laughs> And I saw one the other day that was kind of a disaster. Mm. And I thought I'd just kind of mention it. You say kind of. You're being nice. I'm trying to be nice. Um, I really kind of – I don't know why we have to reinvent the wheel. We, we have something that works. Every once in a while – look, all the pros. If, if you look at all the pro 
football, basketball, baseball players who've had ACL surgery, 99% of them have patellar tendons. Mm-hmm. That's, that's the gold standard. Sidebar, I have no idea what Kawhi Leonard did. Yeah. That one is We're just still weird. trying to figure out. I have no idea. Partial what, ACL repair. Partial ACL repair. What that means, I have Who knows? no Who idea. Who knows? Yeah. Has he been out a year or, or two years? How long has Kawhi been out? It's got to be a year. I, a little more than a year. Whatever. I, nobody knows what he's had done. But the point of the story is um, we have something that works, and there's somewhat of, of this fad. And what ended up happening, and I, I read the operative report, is as they were taking the quadriceps graft, um, uh, they didn't take enough. Mm. They didn't take enough. So they did not have a sufficient graft, so they had to harvest the hamstring, and, and now all of a sudden it's a cluster. Mm-hmm. And uh, the surgery was not done well at all. And the youngster comes to me a year later with his parents for a second opinion. And I'm looking at this, and we get a fresh MR, and I'm thinking to myself, why didn't they just do the old standard? Right. What, 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 is, what is it with these young sports guys? So, so the patella was literally fresh. It was still— It was right there in front of them. Right. It was right there in front of them. And it wasn't like it was tendonotic nope. or some nope. other reason for why they wouldn't take it. No reason not to. Other than trying to do something different. So, yeah, occasionally if, if, if someone my age tore the ACL, I would probably discuss or offer them a cadaver. Yeah. Hey, look, you're kind of low demand. You may go skiing once or twice a year. Maybe we can get away with a cadaver ACL patellar tendon. Right. Well, anyway, um, so part of this is that we are living in the golden age of medicine, but part of what happens with progress is setbacks. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know why after 30 years we're trying to do the quad again. Uh, I really don't. Uh, there's there's a spot for it. If um, So I have another patient, uh, and I didn't do any of his surgeries. He's already tore his ACL three times. Mm-hmm. He's had a patellar tendon. It failed. He had a hamstring. It oh, failed. It. And so now, yeah, look, a, a, a quad may be a good option for him just because we're, right. we're we running ran, out of options. Here. We ran out of options here. Yeah. yeah. But but it's certainly not the first option. Yeah. And if you are going to do that, you sure as hell better do it right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you, you, you can't. Yeah. Don't mess it up. You, yeah. You can't poorly harvest. You, and and which, which brings up another subject. And I clearly remember a phone call we had on Inside Sports Medicine. How do you do a procedure for the very first time? Mm. How do you guys in private practice do a procedure for the first time? Um, I'll tell you what I do. I go to the lab. Yeah, yeah. I We, we both do. We all yeah, go. Yeah, we go yeah. to the lab. Get some reps in yeah. on, on a cadaver. and We go to the lab and we practice, practice, practice. And most new procedures are just evolutions of the old one. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not it's not completely, hey, right. this has never been done before. Right, right, right. No, it's just an evolution of the old one. So what we do is I, I, I go to the lab and I practice. Yeah. Um, I don't practice it on, on patients. People, yeah, home, yeah, yeah. But, yeah, so uh, there's a corollary to, to this. Again, living in the golden age of medicine. We probably ought to call this episode the golden, the golden age, age of medicine yeah. episode. 
you know, this recovery protocol that we've been doing since January, um, it's working. Explain to him what's 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 going on. Some of the it, it's I I, I kind of kick myself for why didn't we do this sooner? We got to go on break. So quick break. And by the way, this is the time when you can call 888-787-1310. Let me do that again slower. 888, it's a toll-free number. <laughs> toll-free, dude. People are listening to that and saying, what is a toll? I know. Like a like a toll tag? Yeah, toll-free number. 888-787-1310. T.O. Soriel, Inside Sports Medicine. Coming right back. Inside Sports Medicine with Dr. T.O. Soriel, orthopedic surgeon and medical director of Texas Sports Medicine and Orthopedic Group. Dr. Soriel's comments are meant for informational and educational purposes only, and not as a treatment. His comments are not a substitute for a visit with your doctor. And now, Dr. T.O. Soriel. Welcome back. T.O. Soriel here, Brad Ballard there. Jay and Jonathan on the other side of the glass. We were talking about ACLs before the break, how we've come such a long way with that procedure and the rehab and all that. And uh, we added to it at Texas Sports Medicine. Now we have this recovery program. Uh, you know what? I'm, I may take the call and then circle back. Does that make sense? Yep. All right, because we tell everybody to call in at the bottom of the hour. So let's go to Kyle. Hey, Kyle, good morning. You're on Inside Sports Medicine. What's up? Good morning. Thanks for taking my call. Of course. Um, I have a bulging L5, and um, it's called drop foot in the right foot. And I've pretty much done everything I can do. I've been going to the chiropractor. I even went to one chiropractor and um, – did the DSR 9000 machine. I did that about 20 times and got up to about 135 pounds on the pool. Let me stop you. Getting... Let me stop you. Okay. You have a drop foot? Yep, on the right foot. Yep. How you long? Need, you need surgery. Yeah, for how long have you had I mean, this is, I mean, this is, uh, uh, this is, um, I, I'm sorry, I'm not a spine guy. I wish, I wish it was, you called in on a day when Dr. Blumenthal's here, but. Yeah, that's what I was hoping to talk to him. Yeah. Well, Kyle, quick question. How long have you had the symptoms from the drop foot? Um, I've had it for a while. I've had it since last October. I've had an MRI done mm-hmm. on the um, right foot or the right leg. Mm-hmm. And the nerve was still positive. The nerve wasn't um, damaged or dead or anything. I had it once before, and it did go away from a chiropractor from doing about six weeks' worth of treatment. Drop foot, everything just went completely away. Well, so wait. Um, so let me, let me, let me, let me. Ask you, what are you calling a drop foot? I mean, a, a drop foot is neurologic, which means that the nerves going to the anterior tibial muscle are not functioning, which means it can't pick your foot up. And when you walk funny, if you yeah. can't pick your foot up, you that, walk funny. Uh, that, that that's, that's a drop foot. And that's what I have. I mean, I can pick the foot up, but I just can't pick it up all the way like what I could the left foot. Right. right. I do and, wear a drop foot brace every day. It's uh, and you've seen a, a neurologist. Have you been yeah, worked up? I've seen an orthopedic. I've seen two orthopedics, um, both over here, one in South Lake, and well, both sort of in that South Lake area. Are they what were their recommend- What were their recommendations when you saw them, Kyle? Uh, both of them were said, you know, surgery. Um, 
they wanted to do a 360, and I was just, you know, shying away from that type of procedure. And I guess the next question, I really was thinking about more, leaning more towards a neurologist. Yeah. Orthopedic. So, so it, it sounds like, because a bulging disc typically does not cause a drop foot because the bulge is not big enough to entrap the nerve. So I think the... F- well, the first That's what they told me they told me that the bulge was the this was entrapping the nerve. Well, then it's got to be beyond a bulge. It's got to be look. It's a radio show, radio show, radio show. But when uh-huh. I hear when I hear drop foot, that's a serious thing. Yeah, because it's right, neurologic. Yeah. It needs it needs to the etiology needs to be addressed because the fear is even after you address the problem, you may not get your foot back. So right. that's th- what I was wondering about. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, I think I think that there's a sense of urgency and now whether it's a 360 or a disc replacement or just right. a discectomy, right. I don't know. Right. I I don't know. Right. But but well. you got to have that discussion with a spine person and figure out why do I have a drop foot and what can be done to fix it. Why don't we see Scott? Right. Yeah. yeah. Go see go see Dr. Blumenthal at TBI. Yeah. <clears throat> Dr. Who? Blumenthal. Blumenthal. He's he's the guy that's always okay. on the show. Okay, Blumenthall. Okay. All right. Would a shot help at all if you did some type of shot back into that um, L five? I'll be honest, I, I would I would consult with Dr. Blumenthal before I did anything. Okay. That's yeah, what I would it do. may it it may help, but but right. Yeah, I, I think there's there's a piece of this puzzle that's missing and and I'm not sure whether it's a communication thing or what, but it, it's hard for okay. it's hard to hear Drop foot, bulging, 360, all in the same paragraph because uh, I, I just, yeah, yeah. And, and been going on since October. Yeah. 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 I, 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 Kyle, I would, I would, yeah. I would see them sooner than later and just get their recommendation. Yep. We, we, we trust his recommendation. So. Did it? Okay. All good right. good luck with call, it. Man. Okay. Thanks for taking my call. Appreciate it. You bet. Bye-bye. We could probably do an entire show on this last phone call. Oh yeah, well, I mean, I mean, just educating people on pinch nerve, pinch nerve, neurology, yeah, you know, because the 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 challenge with you know his symptoms is if you have a mechanical obstruction, yep. meaning if something is pushing, yep. like literally physically pushing on the nerve, injections may help with some of the symptoms, but nerves are responsible for sensation, pain, and motor, and movement. Motor, yeah. And so if you don't relieve the, you know, the actual mechanical, you know, impingement, it's difficult to, to regain motor strength back if it's already lost. Now, it can happen over time. Sure. But if it can just continues to pinch there, it's going to be going to be difficult. So we were talking about this in the office just the other day, and I'm going to tie in our previous conversation about ACLs with with this last phone call. Um you remember Jalen Smith, yeah, linebacker for the Cowboys. Yeah, yeah. Uh, played at Notre Dame. Mm-hmm. Terrible, terrible injury uh, in the bowl game against Ohio State. Yeah, he, destroyed he, his knee. He lost, and it was not contact. I saw it. I mean, mm-hmm. this was his foot stuck on uh, on the astroturf. Mm-hmm. Did I just say you astroturf? said astroturf? Yes. Oh, I'm so sorry. On the synthetic turf, <laughs> and his knee hyperextended. Uh, I think it's ACL, PCL, but most importantly, nerve. Yeah. So it was the nerve that went to his foot mm-hmm. that was stretched. Right. And he had a drop foot. He had yeah. a drop foot for two years. Mm. Now, you cannot be, you can reconstruct the knee, and they did a fantastic job because he ended up coming back to play. 
but he had to wait two years for that nerve to come back. Yeah, yeah. And and he did wear the brace just like uh, Kyle did and, and all that just to hold his foot up until the nerve came back. But that that's serious stuff. Yeah. The, the case with Jalen was that it was damaged at the knee. Right. The case with Kyle is that it's impinged way yeah. up higher. Right. right. Way up back. higher. Yeah. But anytime you've got something that affects the motor aspect of the nerve, that's got to be yeah. looked at yeah. And, yeah. and hopefully reversed. Yeah. But now I'm tying in what we did before. So I did an interview, gosh, when um, when Luca hurt his calf. Okay, yeah, yeah. And Early playoffs early of this playoffs. year. And I mentioned – that I am sure that the Mavericks medical staff is throwing the kitchen sink at him. Mm-hmm. Any and all modalities that have any chance of helping were, were used. Yeah, yeah. That's what we did under my tenure. We did cold laser and green laser and orange <laughs> laser and we, we, whatever it is. I love when you say that. Yeah, yeah. As long as, as there's long no as harm. Right, as long as there's no harm. Yeah. As long as there's no harm, we tried everything. Yeah. Well, there was a while where it was just for the pro athletes because, number one, it was time-consuming and they had the time. Number two, it was expensive and they had the money. And... We didn't think about offering the kitchen sink to everybody else. Mm-hmm. And I have to give Dr. Manning credit, one of our partners. He said, well, why don't we just offer that to regular people? Yeah. So since January, it, it's one of the packages is actually called the kitchen, the kitchen sink. sink. Yeah. So IV, supplements, hyperbaric oxygen, Normatec. I mean, we literally do all the things that we would do for a Dirk mm-hmm. and on – Little seventeen-year-old Tammy, right? And it, it's we've done it now for what? What we're we're into June. We've probably done about thirty patients, and it's really not as expensive as you think it is. Of three three thousand dollars for I can't remember, but it's it's a number somewhere in that. And I was down in rehab. I make rehab rounds on Fridays, and so I see all the patients that all the post-surgical patients. Uh, yep. And I was talking to a couple of our trainers. We can tell who did it and who didn't mm-hmm. just by where they are mm. in their recovery. Yeah. And it really is amazing. The problem when we did the pro athletes is that you had nothing to compare <laughs> to. Because, we, because, hey, they're pros. They, right. They, they, and they're all getting the kitchen sink. If, it, yeah. You know, yeah. And so every, people used to ask me, how, how do you get so-and-so back so quickly? Well, that's their job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, that's their job. They do that we, all we've the got time. a full staff that that yeah. that pays attention to them twenty four seven. They don't have the athletes. Don't their nine to five is playing basketball. But there, but there was not a comparison group. Yeah. Well, not everybody now in our practice does the recovery program. I, I would say maybe one in four. Mm-hmm. But we can tell a difference. It really is. Um, it's kind of a cool thing. But it was it was noticeable. Uh, Achilles, an Achilles surgery. What wouldn't it have been remarkable when you had your Achilles? Oh, 100 percent. If we threw the kitchen sink at you. Well, I remember having. I don't know if you remember. I had. Uh, there was a time where I felt I, I wasn't recovering. Yeah. As soon as I could, and I was like, getting nervous and like, what's you know what's going on? 
I mean, I did destroy my Achilles, but even then, no, it would have been fantastic. I mean, we're talking about accelerated recovery and convenience, right? So um, that's a tremendous amount of value. Yeah, it is. It is. And and, and uh, anyway, I just thought I'd bring it up on the show because I made rounds just yesterday, and the 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 trainers were all like, yeah, I have an ACL kid who's four months out, and his his strength is symmetric. He has no swelling. He's full motion. There's no way I'm going to cut him loose. Mm-hmm. There's no way because right. the graft is still immature. Sure. But but he he's literally done with rehab in four months. Mm. And I have nothing else to attribute it to other than this recovery program. All right, quick little break. We're going to take James's call when we come back and start wrapping up episode number 850. This is Inside Sports Medicine. T.O. Soriel, Brad Ballard at Texas Sports Medicine coming back. So I'm going to miss you when you leave, Jay. Yeah, Jay. Leaving us, man. Did I make a good choice here? Oh, you always make a good choice. Yes. Well, last week you played something that was... <laughs> a ballad, you that said. Was, I don't so know I what the hell it was. Okay. But, I'll take that. <laughs> but as a general rule, your choice of music is spot on. Welcome back to Inside Sports Medicine. T.O. Soriel, Brad Ballard. Uh, live episode 850. We're going to go off script a little bit and take uh, James's call. Good morning, James. You're on Inside Sports Medicine. What's up? Hey, that was a good choice. I had that on eight track uh, back in high school. Eight track. Good. In that case, I know that you're my age. Nice. Uh, Yeah, I'm a a contemporary. (laughs) I have a question about my my shoulder. Okay. Um, I've got some pain in my left shoulder. I had a, a rotator cuff. I had an MRI done back in May, and you know I couldn't understand or report a lot of a lot of terminology I didn't understand. But what what it turned out was a fifty percent tear. Okay. Now a while back, a ten ten or so plus years ago, I had the same in my right shoulder. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was up to about eighty percent, and the right shoulder I just had you know tons of pain, but I I didn't have any range of motion. You know I couldn't lift my arm or whatever. Well, on my left shoulder now, I have excruciating pain. Uh, to the extent the right one was, it's really bad when I lay down at night in bed, but I still have a lot of a range of motion. I'm able to lift my arm and et cetera, et cetera. So I'm wondering, should I be looking at something else other than the rotator cuff? Or- yes. It's, I mean, it's- <laughs> so anytime I hear the word excruciating, my brain goes three different places. Neurologic. Uh, I mean, like, it, it wakes me up at night. You know, I, yeah. I can't, I can't sleep at night. Yeah. So let me, let me kind of fill in the blanks for the, for the rest of the audience. Um, the rotator cuff is a group of muscles and tendons that hold the ball in the socket. And there's four of them. And they, they, the tendons, uh, just think of the Achilles tendon, they have thickness to them. They have a, they have a quarter-inch thickness to them. So a 50% tear means that 50% of the thickness is pulled off the bone. An 80% tear is 80, obviously, and a full thickness tear means the whole tendon is ripped off the bone. Mm-hmm. If you get a large full thickness tear, then you lose function. You can no longer pick up your arm. And f- from a standpoint of restoring function, that ends up being surgical. Uh, but if you have a 50%, those typically are not excruciating. So uh, I'm, 
I'm kind of scratching my head a little bit. Brad? Uh, I mean, <clears throat> the nighttime pain is very consistent yeah, with nighttime rotator cuff. I mean, that, that, that's one thing I will say is that it is not uncommon that for whatever reason, people it, who have rotator cuff pain will say, oh, gosh, wakes at me night, up. wakes me up. Yep. You know, and they reach for the side of their shoulder. They reach for their deltoid and say, oh, this is this is where it hurts. So, you know, what we do as physicians is when we hear the story, we kind of make a list of of things in our head of what it could be. And rotator cuff is definitely on that list. Right. Just by some of the things that you've shared from the other shoulder and the fact that you have some of this nighttime pain. But like Doc said, the excruciating may you know we got to consider if there's something else in there as well obviously an exam would help us be able to kind of figure out and differentiate between the two because those are going to be two completely different treatments who's right? taking care of you who's the one that told you that you had a 50 percent tear and what's been done i'm seeing an orthopedic up here in denton all right i, yeah. I did get an injection uh, yeah. and i got some relief for about a month or so okay um but you know since then you know the pain has just come back a whole lot more uh, but I guess what's getting my attention is the fact that I, you know, I still have range of motion. I can, I can lift my arm, which is okay because yeah. it's only a fifty percent tear, so the remainder is still intact. Yeah, yeah, and you got other okay. muscles that are that are that are doing some things to help you have the range of motion. And like Doc said, you still have other fibers that are will allow you to move it around. But let me ask you: did you get did you get like a significant relief from that injection? Uh, you know, well, it wasn't a hundred percent, but but yeah, I did I did get relief. I really did. You know, I was in pain prior. Just, uh, just the pain just come back a little bit with a vengeance this time around. Yeah, yeah. Go back to your doc and tell him just what you told us. Yeah. Uh, and and I'm not saying that it's surgical, but you know there are things that can be done. Physical therapy. Sometimes, you know, uh, I don't know if Brad does it, but I know Rick Levy, one of our other shoulder guys, does I'll it. Do PRP. Do the PRP oh, yeah, injection. For sure. Yeah. yeah. Depending on where that tear is, um, there there, there could be some options. Helps so to heal. Yeah. So PRP, because I had it was a steroid injection I had. So yep. PRP might be an option. It may be an option in certain hands and the doctor's comfort level. Yep. Okay. Doke. All right. All right. Well, I appreciate it. Y'all have a great weekend. Thanks Thank for you. the call. Well, I wasn't planning on taking that call, but <laughs> yeah. kind of ran out of time. Father's yeah. Day is tomorrow. Yeah. Happy Father's Day, Doc. So to all your fathers, yep. Happy Father's Day. Um. I think we pretty much covered everything that was on my pre-production list. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. U.S. Open is being played right now. Yep. Uh, so we'll watch that a little bit. We're not going to talk about the Live Tour. We're going to let that let the golf gods talk about that. Yeah. yeah. Um, until next week, don't forget, you can listen to our podcast. You can find it on iTunes. You can find it on our webpage. Uh, it's free, and it typically doesn't get uploaded until Monday or Tuesday. Uh, you can come see us. You know, come see myself, Dr. Manning, Dr. Levy, Dr. Bergmeier, or my partner here, Dr. Ballard, at Texas Sports Medicine. On behalf of all of us here on Inside Sports Medicine and The Ticket, until next week, tell your friends. <laughs>